Please join me in the prayer for God to illumine our hearts and minds. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament Psalter reading today is Psalm 130. Listen to God's word for us. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading today comes from the Gospel according to John, in chapter 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is this not the Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever and the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our passage today in John comes on the heels of the feeding of the 5,000. Last week, the tone around Jesus and questions was more inquiring. The questions being asked were truly out of curiosity. But today, the tone has shifted to a minor key. This whole chapter of John, and really a lot of the entire Gospel of John, is centered around seeing but not knowing of listening around Jesus and not getting the point, not seeing Jesus clearly. 
In this passage, we hear the first of the I am statements. Jesus begins to pull back the veil and tell us who he really is. And how do the people respond? With complaining and disbelief. How human is this? We are people who long to understand, to be told the truth, and then when someone is bold to declare the truth, we often are poised with anger and to complaining. How dare they think they know, we think. I myself am prone to debate just for the sake of debating. My father used to tell me I would make a good lawyer because I could argue anything. And now I am raising three children with the same ability, and I understand why my father was often exasperated with me. We see this in the news cycle daily, people arguing over who holds the truth, what the right decisions are. We listen to reporters and politicians rehash statements of others and try hard to discount them. And churches are no different. The church universal has a long history about arguing about what the truth is, complaining about other people's versions of it, and declaring who's in and who's out. In fact, this very passage is often used as ammunition for the necessity of saving souls, of forcing conversions. It is exasperating and exhausting. But Jesus does not appear exasperated or exhausted with those around him. He declares he is the bread of life, they complain about his audacity, and he simply tells them not to complain. He does not present a long argument. He does not offer a demonstration of his power. Apparently, there is no way to argue them into accepting that Jesus came from above. The closed world of these authorities is impervious to the claims of Jesus. Only if they cease complaining can they hear and be taught. Jesus is making it very clear in this passage that no one comes to faith by themselves. Our own insight, deduction, and reasoning cannot get us there. We must be wooed, drawn in by God. Grace gets us there. And then, once we see Jesus, we know Jesus, then we can eat from the bread that will sustain us. Jesus, the bread of life. I have always loved that Jesus declares himself to be something so simple. Bread. Something elemental, something abundant, something sustaining. Bread and water are simple staples that can maintain life. Jesus doesn't say he is the steak of life or the lobster of life. By using bread, Jesus is making himself accessible and necessary. But for his audience that day, comparing himself to bread, particularly bread from heaven, was scandalous and audacious. For them, manna is bread from heaven, and only God can give that. Jesus is from Mary and Joseph. He cannot be the one to bring the bread. It was given to Moses. They think they know it all. But perhaps they really just knew too little. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing. It can lead us to the wrong conclusions. When it comes to God and to the church, we only know a little. Like all living things, the church and our understanding of God continue to grow and change. And so to know only a little and to think we know it all 
can be fatal. Perhaps they knew with their head, but not with their heart or their trust. The Greek word for believe, pisteo, is used throughout John's gospel, and rather than believe in something, simply a mental knowing, it has the connotation of a trusting relationship. John is urging listeners to trust the witness of Jesus, along with Jesus' own words and signs, and through these things come to trust in Jesus. Jesus is asking for those around him that day and those of us here to trust in the mystery of faith. See, the Judeans knew something, and they let what they thought they knew close their ears and hearts and limit their vision of what God was trying to show them. They did not allow themselves to be drawn in by God, allowing God to do the work and marvel in the mystery of bread, bread from heaven in human form. This is the trap we can fall into. How have we relied on what we think we know about Jesus and missed what the living word of God is trying to teach us? When do we allow knowledge of history close our eyes to the working of God in the present? When are we willing to be drawn in by the bread of life, the manna full of mystery, rather than put our trust in what we know? Jesus is not asking us to abandon all we know, only cautioning us to remember that our knowledge will not give us absolute foolproof answers. God rarely answers our prayers with a certainty that our knowledge is correct, but rather that our knowledge is part of our journey to trust God and the coming of God's reign, a kingdom that no human construct or circumstances or conditions can negate. It is not our work, but God's that brings eternal life and the kingdom of heaven. And the secret in this passage is that eternal life is now. In verse 47, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. The verb used for has is in the present tense. It is not something coming, but it begins immediately. It is not a future reality, but a present one found in the ordinary, the very constituent ingredients of life and imbued with the Spirit of God. And the word for eternal refers to a set period of time and refers to the quality of life in that time, real time. So talking about eternal life is talking about the quality of the life you're living right now. Trusting in Jesus means you get to start life, real life, right now. Real life, which consists of loving our neighbors as ourselves, feeding those who are hungry, both for real bread and witnessing to the bread of heaven, which nourishes our real life. It means caring about those who are oppressed and working to change the systems that are oppressing them. It means being the church, the witness to the world of the imperishable, troubling, saving, and joyous gospel. In God's wisdom and mystery, God sustains us on this journey with manna, just enough for each day, and asks us to trust each day that we will have what we need for this real life. You are sustained by bread. So start living.
Thanks be to God for a love like that.